But the real trick is, does it show up on the recording? This is going to be a big recording. It's huge. It's big. The bigliest of big. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the bigly? Bigly. Okay. Yeah, it looks like, yeah, that's, well, that probably wasn't the best one to test. Because <laughs> it doesn't really, it doesn't have much of a waveform. Who would have thought this was so hard? <laughs> okay, yeah, that shows up. Okay. <laughs> Learning as we go. Honest, open, and vulnerable may contain adult language and material that is not suitable for listeners under 18. This is a stream of consciousness podcast that delves into an eclectic mix of topics. Audience discretion is advised. You're listening to number episode 90 of Honest, Open, and Vulnerable. My name is Scarlett. Are we on? (laughs) (laughs) This is Matthew. (laughs) And this is Ryan. (laughs) Um, We definitely uh, encouraged uh, to participate and uh, send send us uh, comments on what we... What we could talk about and whatnot, or what we have talked about. <laughs> Easy way to do that is post a comment on our website, hovpodcast.net. You can also like us on Facebook. That's at facebook.com forward slash honest dot open dot vulnerable. And you can also find me on Instagram at Colonel underscore Tux. That's K-E-R-N-E-L underscore T-U-X. Uh, you could also find me on, uh, you can find us on Twitter at uh, HOV Podcast. Uh, you can find my blog at inscarletstorm.wordpress.com. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram at the Fuchsia Lady. That's uh, the Fuchsia, F-U-C-H-I-A, Lady. Um and we can also be reached at hovpodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at the following number, 231-846-8420. And you can find me on Instagram at Matthew Scribbles. And given the way that we've started episode 90 of our podcast today, <laughs> it is highly appropriate that we are broadcasting from the studio of Eternal Confusion today. Well, this well this this month really. This is this is one of the new cha- new changes that we've been talking about. So um, every, every month we'll um, the f- we'll we'll be yeah each 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 month we'll have we'll we'll have kind of like its own we'll yeah a temporary name for for our studio. <laughs> Easy for me to say. <laughs> <laughs> And and of course you did hear Matt. So um, do um, you have any new pieces to share from Matthew Scribbles? So here's what's going on. Uh, there has been a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes of late uh, since uh, the last time I was uh, here with everybody. Uh, so unfortunately, my writing has kind of taken a little bit of a hit. Uh, I wanted to uh, kick off a brand new writing platform called Forty Thoughts in Forty Days, starting on March first. And it sounded great in concept. However, unfortunately, due to circumstances that are happening in my personal life outside the podcast, uh, I'm a few days behind. So 
my 40 thoughts in 40 days are probably going to become 40 thoughts in 35 days. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's one of the ideas I've been kicking around. Uh, for those of you who... Um, who are following me on Instagram? You can see you can see some of the things I've been doing over the course of February. Uh, just uh, touching on some different uh, milestones that I've had there. Uh, I decided to do some some different things. Of course, Valentine's Day was last month. So uh, when you think of Valentine's Day, you think of something like where you get a gift from someone that you that you uh, are in a relationship with, or if you're a parent, you give something to your kids, or uh, if you are one of the few, uh, not few, but if you're one of the one of the folks out there where uh, uh, you're on your own and you're uh, you're riding solo, then Valentine's Day can be whatever you want. So, give a gift to yourself, exactly. Because <laughs> if you don't love yourself, who loves you? If you don't love yourself, yeah. you gotta love comes from within. Yeah, you gotta love yourself before you can. You know, really spread spread that love to other people. Really, <laughs> otherwise you just drawn empty <laughs> right so i decided that i i didn't want to write a romantic poem for for valentine's day i didn't want it to be sappy i didn't want it to be something you would find on on a, a valentine's day card or the last valentine's day card that you picked over and you saw that it said uh, congratulations on your promotion from all of us at work so i wanted to do something that was uh, again more for more on the on the on the basic concept of what it means to actually be loving and give love to people. So this is what I put put out for Valentine's Day. There are few pure things in this world, none more pure than that of love. With it we give. Let me back up. Sorry. <laughs> With it we live. For it we give. To share it we thrive. Through it we're alive. That's really nice. I like that. And I wanted to do this one just to kind of play a little bit with rhyme and to play a little bit with the theme because really if through it we we live. Yeah. That's just who we are as human human beings. We are meant to be communal. We are meant to be social. No one person can exist at least not fully by themselves. They can live a solitary life. Right. But is that truly living or is it just merely existing well we are social animals yeah you know i mean there there's a very large portion of our history in which we survived because we were social <laughs> you know right uh i think that's what they refer to as pack mentality correct Something like Possibly. that, yeah. I, 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 I don't know. Okay. Um, but I mean, it, there's, there's no, a number of centuries where we lived in what, what's called like fierce egalitarianism. Mm -hmm. Is that everyone had? I mean, it's like everything shared. Everything, you know, just that. It, it was for survival's sake. Is that every, everything was shared so that every, you know a rising tide lifts all boats. Right. So. And I felt that was just a really important message to put out there, especially for those who may not be in a relationship or they maybe they had experienced a loss of a relationship or uh, a, a parent died or something along those lines. Or, or they may not be able to, maybe they're separated from their family. Just something that says, you know, this is, this is us. This is who we are. This is how we 
how we function. This is what we do. This is above all, all other things. This is the one thing that is probably the most treasured, I guess. I don't, I don't want to say sacred because that can mean completely different oh, yeah. things, but uh, the most treasured of human emotion. It's the one thing that we all seek out. It's, yeah. it's the one thing. It's not peace of mind. It's not serenity. It's not, uh, it's not anything like that is the thing. That is the one thing that we, we look for as, as human beings above all else. That is true. So I, I wanted to use that one for my love theme for, uh, <laughs> for Valentine's day. Uh, now, for those who are following my feed, I try to be very positive and put uh, uh, very uh, altruistic, very uh, uplifting works out there. I hit a little bit of a skid this month uh, in uh, in February. I won't. I, I won't. Uh, I won't. I'll spare the details. But I I put a, a pretty intense piece out there towards the end of uh, February that was uh, a little more reflective on just kind of my my take on where things stood in my life uh, as I was starting to get some, I was starting to get some, uh, some bad news outside of, you know, outside of, uh, outside of the podcast. And as the, as, as the saying goes, things come in threes. So uh, it just started, it just started to pick up and it, it, hit, it happened to hit all at once. So I just got a little bit cross-eyed. So this, this piece that I'm going to be reading is something that's a little, a little less altruistic, but and a little bit more not angry, but more frustrated. Okay. And ironically, I put this I put this out on uh, on Mardi Gras, so it's the la- it's you know the last big festival of you know get everything out because uh, come the next day. You uh, you put that behind you, so so here so this was my little Mardi Gras piece. You gobbled a future marriage out from my fingertips. You made a meal out of justice, a menu written in legalese. You stole my happiness as you scrambled my nest eggs. Are you back again for seconds, you greedy gluttonous bastard? You'll dine on me no longer, fate. You've gorged yourself to death. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of graphic. <laughs> and we all hate we all have these moments where we kind of feel like the world is eating us alive. Oh yeah. So that was I felt that was something that people could really relate to or they kind of feel the walls are closing in on them that, mm-hmm. that people really feel like yeah, the world is out to get you. And this is kind of what I put out there to say is you have to draw the line somewhere and say no. You've had enough. Yeah, you've you've taken all you can take, and now you're done. You're cut off. Go home, Tardis. You're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so, those are a couple of pieces I wanted to share. And the first one that I wanted that I haven't published, so this is unpublished. Ooh, this is unpublished. Honest, mm. open, and vulnerable exclusive. So this was supposed to be the first thought of the forty thoughts of forty days, and. I just never followed my own schedule. Unfortunately, I'm very guilty of that from time to time. So I'm going to debut this one today. This was the first thought for 40 thoughts in 40 days. Uh, 
I couldn't say to myself, how could this be fair? I never thought to myself, she'll never be there. Just as I convinced myself, she definitely is the one. Her words cutting deep inside myself, I'm sorry, I can't. I'm done. Very nice. I like it. And I wasn't quite sure where the direction of of 40 thoughts is going to go. Mm -hmm. I've had probably about 40 million thoughts in the last five days after, (laughs) after the news I've received outside of here. So it's just a matter of just getting, getting going. Uh, This is just another one of the half baked, unfortunately half baked projects that I've come up with over the start since the start of the year that I've never really been able to push myself to finish. Yes. We all do it. (laughs) Surprised you're human. (laughs) Yeah. So this is right up there with my uh, my bedtime stories concept that I still haven't gotten off the ground, but look for it because I still want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's something that I, when I actually get around to making that actually happen, I'll discuss the bedtime stories project at that point. Well, art art is really an al dente kind of experience. It's like, okay, here's an here's an idea. I don't know if it's going to work, but hey, it sticks. Let's keep going with it, <laughs> or it you know, doesn't stick. And then, okay, you, you know, you pick it up, you throw it away, you move on to the next one. (laughs) Right. And, and Ryan, you know this from having known me for such a long time that I am an ideas man. Oh yeah. So when I come up with some, something, it's like, Oh, this sounds awesome. I want to do this. And then it just sits there (laughs) and sits there (laughs) and sits there for, for a little bit longer. And it sits there a little longer. And it's like, are you ever going to get working on that? Um, no, <laughs> you know, and you're you're like you're like Stewie with Brian. So, so you working on that manuscript? Hmm? Hmm? You you got you got you got the outline done? Hmm? Hmm? And you gonna work on it a little more? <laughs> you know, but I wonder how many I, I wonder how many um, writers actually are like that, because I think that if I if I could tell you how many ideas I have for writing, uh, it. it yeah, I mean, I I have a thousand ideas, but to actually sit down and take the time to write, and it's like it's like though, but I think artists are like that in general, that artists create art, but I think we do it in our brain before we actually create it, mm-hmm. and um, it will. <laughs> I think that's why a lot of artists are insane because we drive ourselves crazy. And, you know, so I, I'm, I can totally relate to well-intentioned carrying out, not so much. D- Donald Trump actually sat down and, and it, love him or hate him. I love this about him. He sat down and he was asked to give himself a grade. And he says, well, on what I've actually done, A plus, on communication and carrying, you know, how I've gone about it, a C minus. And I, I thought that, that that spoke a lot to how he's kind of thinking when it comes to, you know, well-intentioned, but carrying it out, totally different yeah. animal. And I think that a lot of, a lot of uh, writers, artists in general are kind of like that. And my brother, my brother comes to mind. My brother is one of the most creative people on this planet. You give him any medium. Except writing. Words, words are not his thing. But um, you give him clay, you give him um, drawing, you give him paint, you give him anything, and he can, he'll create. 
he he got a full ride scholarship to go to Walt Disney to um, go to cartoon school, and he turned it down because he just wasn't disciplined enough to sit in a classroom and be told how to create. He couldn't he couldn't do it, and he's like, no, I just when I have an idea, just I do it. And he just, but he can't sit still long enough. And he says, I can't go to, I can't go to a school and be told how to create art. It just, it either comes Mm -hmm. or it doesn't. So I get about being the ideas person and then making yourself sit down and actually do it. I have ideas that I've had since I was 15, 16 years old that I've tried to put to paper several different times and I've got characters that I've, I've created and put them in several different situations that have just never, ever, I've never finished. Mm-hmm. So I know, I know exactly where you're coming from. And I, I just think that it's a, it's a curse of being a writer. Yeah. And I, I look at one of, uh, one of my, uh, my writer friends on Instagram and she, uh, she posts a several pieces a day and I look at that and I, I've, I've actually had conversations with her where I've told her, yes, I've talked about you on this podcast before. And she's always very, very warm and receptive to it. So surprise D you're getting talked about again. So, <laughs> uh, she, uh, and I, and I know this is kind of, uh, just a basic thing with just people being people that we are our own worst critics. And I've had to tell her that, uh, I've always considered myself to be very strong in my craft, but she has been a, pro- a very profound influence on my writing style since I discovered her work. So she shared with me just she she has a bunch of pieces that are just uh, that she just she just goes she just does it and uh, uh, she has uh, already just the work to, the the work that she does she just does it she just does it she does it she does it she does it and it just she has enough to where that she can do multiple pieces in a day i'm lucky if i can get one piece out in a day <laughs> i'm lucky if i can get back to where i was doing one post of every every day it started becoming a, uh-huh. every few days and then once a week and uh-huh. then there were just a couple of times i just didn't write at all so so i admire her persistence and her dedication to her to her gift and She'd probably she'd probably kill me if I just kept on going on about her because she's <laughs> she's very she's very humble she's very receptive to the uh, the the, the uh, compliments I give her so uh, so I'll probably let her know hey I talked about you again so uh, <laughs> just just uh, going over stuff that I've already shared with you about how how amazing of a writer you are and I think that people really uh, really should give you a follow so at Instagram at Little Miss Patrick Contour so. <laughs> uh, and to the uh, the the drawing, uh, yeah. I, when you mentioned that, I I saw somewhere, and I think it was one of the anthologies for Garfield that Jim Davis would have his uh, to kind of tie this all together. He is eight weeks ahead on on his daily comic strips, mm-hmm. and he's twelve weeks ahead. Oh wow! On his uh, uh, his Sundays, so he's already working three months ahead to get his material ready for syndication. Just so he's, and of course, this was, I don't know, 20 years ago that I read this. So things may have changed now yeah. with uh, mm-hmm. uh, the ability to self, you know, pu- publish web comics and all that stuff. I don't know how any of that works. So having that 
acumen to just remain focused, to remain dedicated. And uh, that is is a skill that I personally really would love to have. (laughs) Right. And for those that have it, I mean, you can see it. So it's admirable. Just uh, kind of playing off of the Jim Davis thing, there there's actually there's a uh, website out out there called Gar- Garfield minus Garfield. So what what it what it is is that um, it it's all, they they take the um, they they take the uh, uh, the Garfield comic strip and take out Garfield. So so it's 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 John, it's John Arp, it's Arp talk talking to himself pretty much. Hmm. It's 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 a real kind of like um, exist, existential crisis kind self loathing kind kind of thing. It's a totally different kind of humor. That's interesting. <laughs> so there so there's no commentary from uh, from from. Uh, from from the from the cat, so it's a totally different experience. Wow, I may have to look into that. And speaking of Garfield, my sister actually shared this with me late last week that apparently there was a really big to do about Garfield's gender in the oh, news. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't heard about this. That huh. apparently, uh, in an interview some time ago, uh, a few years ago, Jim Davis said that Garfield has no gender. So there is a, a, a satirist out there who edited the Wikipedia page to say Garfield has no gender. And it started this chain reaction of Wikipedia editors uh, going back and forth saying that, no, Garfield's a male cat. He has no gender. He's male. No gender. Male. No gender. To the point where Wikipedia locked the page down. And it just got, it, it just started becoming this, this groundswell of what is canon in the Garfield lexicon until it got to the point where Jim Davis had to come out Himself and say Garfield is male, <laughs> and the the satirist that began this whole to do, he finally backed down and said, "Well, he, Jim Davis, is the authority on Garfield canon." So, it it, it was just one of those really odd things that kind of just have you know sprout a life of its own especially for apparently there to kind of tie into that apparently somewhere and i didn't bother going down the rabbit hole on this because it was late that apparently garfield is also is also a practice is also a practitioner of islam who knew (laughs) i think that i think that is and yeah i think that that did come out um um that was uh, some co- controversy too, but yeah, I think that the Islam thing I did hear, I didn't know about the. I, I didn't know no about gender. either of those actually. I heard about the Islam thing. I did not hear about the no gender. And I, I hadn't heard about either, so I was reading this and I thought, is this real? <laughs> no, I just heard that the the Islam thing was just a rum, a rumor that I had heard. Okay. I didn't. Right. I did, hadn't investigated it, but I'd heard that rumor. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I haven't bothered to investigate that part either because I just got caught up in the gender issue thing, and I was like, and then I saw the thing about the the Muslim practices, and I was like, you know what? I, I do not have the energy to invest in that yeah, particular piece at this me point. Neither. So right, right. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just here to read the, th- the thing about the gender, which, of course, just was a whole lot of smoke and mirrors because it turned out to be nothing. Right, right. That's crazy. It's crazy. Who knew? <laughs> I went back and I'm reading Bloom County. 
Okay. I'm reading a lot of Bloom County right now, and that's that's interesting to go back and read about Opus. Opus and, and Bill. Yeah, Opus the the penguin, <laughs> and yeah, which is all back in the eighties. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just reading, and it's funny because they mentioned there's this whole storyline about Donald Trump. And they're trying to get him to run for president. And I'm like, really? In the oh, 80s? Geez. Oh, my God. And it's like, they're trying, and it's like, oh, wow, wow. wow. <laughs> Just like, oh, wow. Okay, Pathetic. this is a little weird. Okay, I don't want to read the storyline anymore. Wow. <laughs> it's so, yeah, so it's kind of funny. But Interesting you say that because there are some YouTube videos out there that talk about how many times the Simpsons have predicted the future. Oh, I'm sure. And yeah. one of them was about Lady Gaga performing at the Super Bowl. Oh, wow. Before, of course, it happened. Uh-huh. And the other was Donald Trump running for president. Crazy. Those are the two that I I'm, I can just remember off the top of my head. But there apparently are multiple instances where The Simpsons had stories in the past that are now we're living out in present day. Do, 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 yeah, do. no kidding. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that thing when I was when I started reading about that, I was like, um, yeah, d- d- creepy. I, this is just now taking a creepy turn. I wow. <laughs> Who knew? But um, yeah. <laughs> crazy crazy. Yeah, no kidding. Now, I don't I don't know how much you're like willing to divulge but what's what's been going going on with you for the past past month okay well there's there are some things that i cannot disclose publicly yeah yeah as i I said you know but uh i have i have been uh trying to see if there is a new direction i could take my career and i have found myself getting uh getting short-circuited at uh at the attempts i've tried with that so that's been something that's been a bit of a, a bit of a frustrating uh, occurrence to try to better myself and try to embark on a different career path. I've been in the same field now for the better part of over 12 years and I enjoy what I do and I have a good staff, but I'm at the point where I'm still young enough to I mean I'm in my mid 30s, so I'm still young enough to where I can make a career change and do something else long term. And essentially have a second career that I can hopefully have long-term like I have this one now. And then when I'm done, I can call it a career and say, well, I was able to do this long-term and be good at it. I was able to do this other thing long-term and be good at it. And that way I'm not typecast in my career and uh-huh. saying that he did one thing, one thing only. He did it really well for 40 years. Here's your here's your pension. Here's your certificate of right. achievement. Here's your and here's your box. <laughs> the guy that put puts four bolts on a certain part of the on the front front bumper for like thir- thirty five years in whatever fact factory and insert you know middle America major city. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? and and not to you know not to step on that because that is an admirable profession. Right, so. It's just one of those uh, one of those things where it's it was like, a different time, though. Absolutely, and times change. So, uh, it's it's good to try and spread your wings and do different things. And people have seen this, I think, in some of the material that I've written uh, through my Instagram feed, where I've done long form poetry, I've done haiku poetry, I've done 
Freeform. I've done a lot of different things. I've done a lot of different themes. What nobody has seen yet is my fiction. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there. So if if we don't evolve, we we stagnate, and then we get we you know malaise sets in, mm-hmm. and then we don't push ourselves to try out new things. Uh, it's it's almost like when I first tried to. Uh, uh, when I first when I first started uh, eating sushi, for example, I was like raw fish. Um, okay, I think you forgot to cook this. It's like, is this <laughs> this is this this little little thing here? This is it. This, this that, that's what cost me eight ninety five. <laughs> so okay, but over time, you know, my palate changed and it grew, and I started saying, "Oh, what is this? Oh, it's, it's octopus. Yeah, why not? Let's give it a shot." Mm, and if you've had octopus on your sushi, on your sushi, well, you kind of know what that texture is like. It's a, like a texture that is like unlike anything else in the world. It's an acquired taste. Yes. Now it's... what? Now what about sushi on your octopus? <laughs> you kind of have to approach it from a different angle. <laughs> Again, it's an acquired taste. Right. And the first time that I tried eel, I was like, um, "Am I going to like shock myself if I bite into this thing?" But no, I was. I was really stunned how good <laughs> stunned not stung stunned <laughs> thank you thank you thank you thank you <laughs> tip your hostess on the I, way I out could, i couldn't help it <laughs> my guy smiley moment thank you thank you <laughs> but you were stunned that you weren't stunned i was stunned i wasn't stung <laughs> yes play on words folks <laughs> i was i was very stunned and how good it was that how how good eel tasted. So, I I don't make it a habit to try it, but when I do, I don't always eat eel, but when I do, <laughs> it's always tasty. <laughs> Stay hungry, my friends. <laughs> can we can we use that? I I, I think I we don't just know. did. So. <laughs> well, well, we didn't. I mean, well, we. We ch- we changed the word wording, so I think we're fine. <laughs> the fact that we're not making any money off of this is a major thing. I mean, once once you start making money off of uh, registered trademark or copyright, then th- then they start, you know, blowing up a storm. But you know, if you're not making money off of some someone else's license, they're you know they're yeah most the the powers that be at as as it were don't don't really raise a finger. <laughs> right. Uh, so. Uh, so, so just to cycle back, that, that's one thing I've been trying to do is just trying to embark on a different career uh, career track. It's been frustrating, but I'm trying to work through it. Uh, uh, I've, I've mentioned my writing uh, projects that I've wanted to get off the ground, and I have not. Uh, so there's there's a lot that's happening. Some things, of course, I cannot disclose at this time. Uh, so a lot of it's kind of being feeling like I'm being pulled in a few different directions, and it's kind of getting to me as my last... Uh, <laughs> right. Or uh, penultimate that you shared, right? Yeah. So, uh, I'm I'm trying to uh, trying to keep my head above water and just uh, look at each day as a new opportunity to uh, try and do something uh, something good, something different. So, it's uh, it's going to be a work in progress. I know that even though things are kind of sticky right now. It, Life will find its way to rebalance and uh, 
we'll be back uh, moving forward with a little bit more, a little more, a little bit more confidence. Maybe a couple of battle battle scars, but uh, just trying to work through all this because you know. And this is one of the hashtags I use in all of my pieces, uh, or most of my pieces, that there are still good things. And that's a, a good reminder, especially when it feels like the world is closing in on you, that yeah. there are still good things out there. It's going to get better. And it's important to not lose sight of that. So that's my own personal exercise right now is to not lose sight of the, of the good things in life that are still there. So that's the longer short version of what's going on with me <laughs> or right the, now or the short long version that right? too i don't know <laughs> how about you scarlet uh pretty much not a whole lot going on i'm dealing with health issues but uh uh i finally got an appointment with my doctor but it's uh several weeks away so but i did finally manage to get the doctor to finally say oh well we're going to cut off your medication if you don't come see us. But you can't come see us because we don't have any appointments. <laughs> Great. That helps me not. Yeah. And then they finally uh, decided that they would give me an appointment. So I don't have to um, end up in a padded cell or anything. Right. Or a jail cell. One of the two. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, I do have a doctor's appointment finally, but it's not for a couple of weeks yet. So um, that's going on. Um, had a little bit of a situation where we were thinking about um, uh, Barbie was uh, thinking about there's a possibility Barbie might be moving back in with uh, Peter and I, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen at this point. Um, so I'm so broken up over that. <laughs> well, there's, there's some issues, um, some? as you all know, with Barbie and I. Uh, but um, uh, I don't want her to live under a bridge or anything, but um, I don't want the drama either that we were having before. So um, I don't think and that we could have um, us live together again. Um, I just think that it's too difficult to have two strong willed women live together. Um, the way that she and I are very strong willed yeah, and, uh, we're both stubborn as all hell. So, um, that causes that and it's a lot of work. It, it takes a lot of energy to not, it takes a lot of energy for me not to cause drama, I guess, or not to be a part of that drama because it, that whole situation brings out the ugly in me. And knowing I, that going I, I in... I would agree with that. You know, yeah. um, because there, I think we all, I don't care how good a person you are, we all have those dark, we all have a dark side to us. Oh, yeah. And... I know that my dark side is incredibly evil. It just is. And it's taken me a lot of, um, it's taken me a long time to admit that, that I even have an evil side. And then to want to confront that evil side and go back in your cage, back, back, get back in your cage and stay <laughs> there. And just, and then take the key and kind of, um, take the key and put it 
in a place where it's really difficult for me to get to. And then um, not put myself in a position where I want to get the key. <laughs> and putting myself in a situation like that would make me want to go get the key. Mm-hmm. Put the key in the cookie jar. And I like cookies. <laughs> so um, that's just kind of um, where it makes it really difficult for me. It takes a lot of energy for me to fight that urge. And um, I've just gotten to the point probably in the last three or four months where I'm willing to even admit that I have that dark side. And so right now it's not an issue, but it could become an issue over the next couple of months. We don't know. We don't know what, what's going to happen here. But um, at this point, it's a non-issue, so I'm kind of glad. And, it didn't, and I wasn't the bad guy. <laughs> I wasn't the one who said no. Well, you didn't have to be. It, it actually, it actually was uh, Peter's mom's um, house, so she was the one who was like, you know, I don't think it's a really good idea at this point. And um, for her to say that, I was, I wanted to kiss her. I wanted to just say, yes, she has a brain. I'm so happy. Um, but uh, not, not that there was any confusion. No. About whether she did have a brain. No, but I mean, she was like the voice of reason. She was like the voice of reason because we were, we, we didn't want to be, you know, I don't want her to live in, under a bridge. I don't want her to be, and she's not in a situation where she has to, that's not what's going on. It's just that, uh, she, she came to us and just was, um, she's in a situation where she is going to have to live somewhere else in the next six months because, uh, the house that she's living in now is being sold. So that's kind of what's going on. So, you know, and, and, um, if we can work something out, she may end up, you know, it may become an issue later, but right now I want the key in the cookie jar and I just, I, I, <laughs> I, it takes too much energy to fight it. So, um, you know, just to admit that you have that dark side, um, not everybody even wants to admit that we have that dark side. And, um, I just, I don't want to fight that. And I, I'm downright evil. And you've got that little smile on your face. You know, <laughs> Matt's looking at me with this, little, with this little smile. You can imagine I have an evil side. <laughs> so I'm going to share with you what I was thinking about while you were telling this story. I immediately okay. thought of... The scene in Empire Strikes Back where Luke has to go into the cave and fight himself. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. I was thinking about that, and then it just went on this whole big Star Wars <laughs> thing in my head where I could hear, if you only knew the power of the dark side. <laughs> and then follow it up with something good, good, use your anger. Use your anger. I can feel it in you. You're not helping. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just it. That's just it. And it would be, and that's exactly what it would be right now. And I'm in therapy dealing with my anger issues, okay? And Ryan will tell you. And I'm also dealing with some communication issues because I do have, um, not what I say, but sometimes how I say it, um, it, it leaves something to be desired sometimes. Um, I have a hard time knowing... Uh, how to ask for what I need, um, in a way that, um, it, it's not, it, I know that you understand what you think that you heard me say, but what you heard me say is not exactly what I meant, that kind of thing. So I'm, tr- I'm trying to learn 
better communication. And I just don't need a distraction like that (laughs) (laughs) right now because I know exactly what would happen. (laughs) I think we could probably make it work. Let the heat flow. (laughs) (laughs) I think it would work for maybe, oh, we could probably make it work for maybe six weeks. And then it would just be like, bam, World War III. Somebody would have to come and dig a hole for the bodies. And I don't know if it would be her or me, but one of us would end up in prison, and it just wouldn't be good. Yeah, you'd, you'd be Pal- Palpatine send, send, sending the electrical <laughs> bolt, bolts through her. <laughs> it just wouldn't be good. It just wouldn't be good. So um, I was just happy I wasn't the bad guy that had to say no, because it just wasn't me that had to put the halt to it. So, um, and there are some other extenuating circumstances and, you know, I love her, but I just don't think we can live together it's right not a now. Good match. You yeah. know, I just don't think we can live together right now. There's too much bad blood, you know, and I'm hoping that maybe we can work through that bad blood so that we can maybe restore our friendship. Um, I think it's been long enough that we've carried around that garbage, um, on, on both sides. And I hope so, because I don't want to be that evil. You will pay the price for your lack of vision. <laughs> exactly. I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that evil. Um, I, I don't want to be. I don't want to give into that evil side of myself that I know exists, because <laughs> it is. It's 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 nasty. <laughs> but that's basically that's probably the biggest thing. And then, of course, stress will aggravate you know my health issues and you know. Um, None of us need need that. And basically, Peter and Ryan both tell me the same thing. You know what? Go smoke some pot. (laughs) Because, you know know what? You're a lot mellower (laughs) when you, um, yeah, go smoke a bowl. Um, Just, you know, just just chill. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So, that, other than that, Life is good right now. So, <laughs> so yeah, kind of going back to uh, career. <laughs> um, I have actually full. I have fully transitioned at at my job into more of a help desk role, um, which is quite a relief because my previous role was very, very repetitive. Um, not not like you know what I referenced earlier, like assembly line, but you know not qu- not quite to that degree. I mean, there was some variation. Um, <laughs> but as you can tell by my voice, there wasn't much. And and so um, we at uh, working on this pro- project at work, for, uh, it was like for uh, about a year and a half before I, I got there. And um, so we, quote unquote, so we had our quote unquote, go live. Um, just, uh, just a few days ago and I mean, to, like pretty much everyone in that office was like cross, crossing their fingers, crossing their eyes, crossing whatever, you know, knocking on wood and whatever to, so that, you know, it would, you know, that it's the sky didn't fall. <laughs> or this guy doesn't fall or whatever, you know, they're, I mean, granted we weren't all acting like a bunch of chicken littles. Um, <laughs> that's not what I heard. I heard everybody's hair was on fire. <laughs> well, well, yeah, that's, yeah, there was, uh, that, well, that's another, that, well, that's a totally different kind of behavior though. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so yeah, I mean, gr- granted, you know, it didn't, 
you know, nothing ever goes exactly according to plan, but I mean, it went as well to plan as we could hope. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that's, um, that's kind of been on my, and so pretty, pretty much most, most of the time, most of my off time, I've, I've, uh, I've devolved back back into playing video games, <laughs> so uh, there's an R- RPG that I uh, that I used used to play when I when I was using a uh, an operating system that's negative in the freedom dimension. What is uh, Knights Knights of the Old Republic two, and that um, just just recently got uh, got re- released for. Uh, uh, Steam on Linux, so I've so um, so I've been pl- I've been playing that that quite a bit, <laughs> quite a bit. So it's been you know like is um, um, yeah work yeah work has been hectic, but uh, again it's it's you know easily resolved stuff. And but you know at the end of that is just I just want to pretend I'm a Jedi. <laughs> I just want to <laughs> pretend I'm a Jedi for a couple hours. Is that okay? <laughs> So, so be it. <laughs> Darth Sidious is not in this game. <laughs> this it's a it's uh, it's part of like the expanded universe. So okay. it's not. Um, it, so because because of what uh, D- Disney um, an- announced after they, per- well, I Disney announced that they would not be incorporating like the expanded universe in the movies going forward. So. So so I guess technically this game is no longer canon, but whatever. <laughs> but but there are no but there are no uh, characters in this in this game that you've seen in the movies. I came I I came home Friday night and I was like, I showed him I showed him a uh, a meme that someone had sent me about. There are two moods. I'm two. I'm two. Uh, what was it? I'm too high oh, for this. Oh, shit. Yeah, yes, I'm that, too I'm high s- for this shit, or I'm not high enough for this shit. And he says, "Well, what happened to you at work?" <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Let's put it this way: I have let you go. We've been together almost five years, and I've let you go without watching my favorite movie, which is a chick flick. But you're watching it tonight, so I made him watch Fried Green Tomatoes with me on Friday night. And he, and he, I said, it's a chick flick, but it's it's chick flick light because at least it does have a good plot. And I made him watch that. And then I told him now Saturday, I'll be gone and you can, you play your video games. You can do whatever you want, but Saturday, Friday night, (laughs) Friday night, I'm making you watch my chick flick. We did. We watched our chick flick, which I mean, it's yeah. I, I didn't, um, I, I actually stayed awake through the whole thing, <laughs> but I mean, it has, it's a, what um, kept me f- from, you know, just totally tuning out was it, it had, it had a unique, it, it, there was a unique way in which it told the story because it kind of did like flashback forms. And, and so it was like, okay, it's a, it's a story within a story. So it's, it's not, it's not linear either. So it does, it, that's why I liked it too. Because if it had, if it, they just told one part of that story, I would have fell asleep too. So I'm kind of glad that they kept to it. But if you haven't seen it, it's a really good. It really is good. It's it's an older story. But if you read the book and then tried to watch the movie, 
totally different animal. I hated the book, loved the movie. Same thing with the... There's a couple of them are like that. Um, The Color Purple. Hated the book, loved the movie. Because they're completely different. So you just never know. And... Yeah, I, I can yeah. I can I can no longer watch the movie. Uh, what, what was the, um, uh, Queen of the Damned? After, oh, totally I, different I, animal. I, oh, I know. Yeah. I because I, I watched the movie first. Then I then I learned. Oh, the, oh, this is based on a book, and the book. I mean, just, it's just the book is just astronomically better in my opinion. And I can no, I I cannot I cannot watch queen of the damned without yelling at the screen at least 30 times <laughs> it's completely different it's completely yeah. different and they changed it so much it's one of the few times that the movie is or, you know it's one of the few times that the well actually the almost always the book is better than the movie almost always well yeah because uh, what fried when... green tomatoes is an exception and uh uh the color purple is an exception, but again, it's all it's it's all personal taste. It is. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm sure there are mm-hmm. just as many people listening to this that say, "Fuck you, Ryan. The book's terrible. The mo- <laughs> the Queen of the Damned, the mo- movie is so much better." I don't know. And then they press stop, <laughs> and they walk away and sit down. <laughs> it's completely different animals, though. Right. I mean, the adaptate adaptation adaptation is just you know. It's all in the way you look at it. Well, it's a total. It's a totally different medium. So of course you have to ed- edit for you have to edit edit the content for the for the way that it's being it's being published. I'll give you another example. And we tried to talk. We tried to do this on this podcast. Preacher. Read. I read the entire Preacher series, the comic books. Read them all. They came out with the series. I was so excited. Now they did have to. They did have to up it. They had to change it. They had to change it and bring it into two thousand. You know, they had to bring it into uh, two thousand and sixteen. Um, they had to because it was done pre nine eleven. It was actually done right. that started uh, nineteen ninety seven, I believe. So they had to. They had to bring it into. They had to make some changes. I knew they were going to make some changes. Fine. First problem I had was the casting. First problem, and I was like, oh, are you kidding me? Ruth Negra as uh, the main female character. I was just like, are you kidding me? I don't see it. Then but when I saw the first episode, I was like, okay, it has a little bit of promise, but they've changed it so much, it doesn't line up. It's such a different animal that I don't see it. We watched, what, three episodes? Yeah. And we couldn't even get, we couldn't even figure out what it was about. Right. Ryan had never read any of it, and he was so confused. He was like, I don't even know what this is about. And I had to agree with him. I said, okay, we're going to watch one more, and if it just doesn't line up and we can't figure out what it's about, yeah, we're done. So we watched that one more, and we couldn't even figure out what the stupid thing was supposed to be about. So we quit. And the reason why I was so excited is it was done by Seth Rogen, mm-hmm. who was a fan of Preacher, and he had taken it and made it his own creation so much that it was so different that I couldn't even watch it. It became fan fiction, essentially. Yeah, fan fiction. Nothing wrong with fan fiction. No, no. But it, he changed it so much that I... I if you were a hardcore preacher fan, you You're just couldn't you couldn't compare the two. It's almost like taking Star Wars and making it into fan fiction and trying to compare the two. Mm-hmm. And you can't 
you can't, in my opinion, my, my not so humble opinion, you can't do that <laughs> because they're two different, they're two different creatures. You can enjoy that fan fiction. You can enjoy it, but you can't compare it. Right. Cause it's like apples and buffaloes, completely different creatures. I mean, you just can't, you can't. So yeah. Now, Grant, I mean, Queen of the Damned as a movie, the, the movie, I mean, as a movie, it's a good movie, mm-hmm. but just the story, the story, there enough, enough details in the story cha- changed that it's like a totally different thing. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, if it, if it had a different, if, if it had a diff- different name and had, had like diff- different like characters and didn't, and was only loosely associated with, with the, the book, I mean, not, um, to, uh, to where they change enough, like, you know, um, accessory information, like names of characters and places enough to where you're not, um, you're not stealing. But I mean, it's, you know, I, I think it would be perfect. You I, can do I, yeah. that. You can, you can say based on characters from the book. Right. I mean, you can do that and still make it and, and a have, fine. Yeah, yeah, and have to have, and then, then, then at least you know. In my again, this is all from my own perspective, and that uh, if they did did that, I wouldn't be so staunchly against the movie. I'll blow your mind. I don't know if you're aware. Spoilers, um, but the same characters in Queen of the Dam mm-hmm. are also in. Uh, the uh, interview with a vampire. Interview with yeah, a vampire. yeah, it's a, yeah, mm-hmm. it's the same series, mm-hmm. but completely different actor, com- completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah, because compu- again, completely different animal. So you know, it's all in your taste, all in mm-hmm. your you know. But anyway, I think we've gone on that rant long enough. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> anyway, moving on to the next topic. <laughs> So tying that in with um, with the, the uh, Knights of the Old Republic uh-huh. on Steam uh, is a pretty good uh, transition into something that I wanted to bring about with uh, regards to the nostalgia wave that's uh, sweeping the sweeping the globe, if you will. So uh, this past week, uh, Nintendo launched their brand new console, the Nintendo Switch, and it's not meant to be. Uh, uh, in direct competition with the uh, the offerings from uh, Sony or Microsoft in terms of processing power, uh, what Nintendo has done and has essentially carved its own niche is to change the way that people play to provide something that's different and innovative. So just a brief rundown on the Switch. The Switch is supposed to be a hybrid console where you can either dock it in a docking station and play it on play the games on TV, or you can actually take the console itself from the docking station and attach the two mini controllers to it and take the console as a portable system. Oh, nice. So uh, in, in a sense, that's where the word, the switch comes from. You can switch it from your TV to the, to essentially become a mobile gaming system. Uh, there uh, hasn't been a very strong uh, announcement of uh, titles for launch. One of the big ones was the latest installment of the Legend of Zelda series, Breath of the Wild, hmm. which has been given a, some pretty good uh, exposure and some pretty good uh, 
uh, reviews in terms of how beautiful the graphics look on the big screen. So Nintendo put a lot of effort into, as, as they tend to do in their first-party software, and with Zelda being the launch title, I thought was a really innovative way to switch up the uh, the launch instead of doing like a pack-in title like they did with the Wii, which was Wii Sports, mm-hmm. um, or going with who else would they go with? If it's not Zelda... Mario Brothers. Right. <laughs> so to say, we're going to give the ball to Zelda and say, here, run this and be our our face of this new system, the new, this new way of doing things. And there have been some criticisms of the lack of uh, the, the eShop, and there's no uh, real definitive... Uh, Announcement on when the the virtual console to play uh, the back party catalog will be available, or anything like that. But looking at looking at this kind of speaks to uh, if, I, if I put on my gaming hat for a little while, uh, <laughs> speaks to several different uh, several different um, spheres of stratification in the gaming in the gaming world where you've got the folks that are all about the processing power, all about graphics, all about speed, all about yep. detail, all about 4K, all about all that stuff. And they have they have their little their little spheres for PS4, Xbox One, all that stuff. And then you've got and of course you're going to have your your fan base for every everything. You're going to have your console guys. You're going to mm-hmm. have your 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 PlayStation. Well, even within those, I mean, you're going to have your PlayStation guys, your Xbox guys, and yeah, yeah. You're going to have your you're going to have your your and favorites. Exactly. <laughs> you're going to have your favorites. You you're going to say, well, I'm a PS person, or I'm a I'm an Xbox person, I'm a Nintendo person, or and then you're going to have, of course, the people who like to play multiplayer, and and you can, of course, now with technology, you can play through the you know play somebody clear across the world. Yep. Which was, if you're of a certain age, you didn't have that luxury. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially if you were a console. Uh, I'm sorry, if you were a PC gamer, you had to physically take your tower. Oh yeah, and do, yep, do, yep. Do, you do all had parties. to be in this. Yeah, you had to, all had to be in the same location. <laughs> and and Ryan knows about this because uh, he's done this with memories, me. Yes, he's done this with me once, uh, once or twice. So. <laughs> Or twenty, or twenty. Or some, I don't. <laughs> who's but, counting? Who's counting? Right. So. <laughs> So the way that uh, everything has kind of evolved in the gaming landscape uh, has, in a sense, kind of created this uh, uh, market for being able to step back in time and go revisit your classic hits. Like, I don't use Zelda as my first example. It was one of the biggest platform, you know, one of the biggest pieces that came out for the Nintendo when it came out, and now it's essentially the crown jewel for the new switch. Oh yeah. But there's this real, if you grew up with it, there's this real, uh, uh, affection Mm -hmm. or call it whatever you'd like for being able to say, yeah, I remember when I, I would have to beg my mom for quarters and go to the seven 11 down the streets or, or the, I was playing the the game at the Piggly Wiggly or whatever. <laughs> uh, and you had your choice. Well, you only have two. You only have a quarter, and you're either going to play Miss Pac Man or you're going to play the Crane game. You're probably and you'll make your choice. Do you, do you have enough money for the Crane game? If, if it was fifty cents, no, you played Miss Pac Man. So uh, there's this there's this resurgence now with 
retro gaming and there's consoles out there like the RetroCon, which will allow you to play old console games now and you can get them for a decent price and that's all well and good to play games in the home but if you grew up in the arcades mm-hmm. when space invaders came out or when pac-man came out or if you were a kid when those games were starting to come out as you know six or seven or eight or whatever ten years old and you had to wait for the game to be available when that one person who was really good and you always knew who that person was because they always wore either the faded jean jacket had the roll up roll up pants uh-huh. and this and the Iron Maiden patch on their shoulder or whatever, <laughs> you you, you kind of had to invest your time in saying, I'm going to go down to the arcade on a weekend, and I'm going to go with $10 and quarters, I don't know, and I'm going to go play these games. And it was just something that you did as a kid. It was something that you just, it was something that you, it was your experience growing up. Now there's uh, businesses out there that are making money off of this. There's a couple here in Denver. The one-up is... It, one of those, not to do any free advertising for them because I've never been to the one up, but where they have all these old arcade cabinets from the past where you can go and play these games and relive your your childhood days of standing at the platform and uh, going through and just essentially just reliving a piece of your childhood. So, and that's kind of where things kind of are right now with it, it just broadening the scope of nerd nostalgia where, and all, and, and I've really been a part of that retro gaming resurgence with going to an establishment where they have these arcade games and just getting a chance to see these games that you haven't seen maybe in decades and get a chance to play them again. It's like, wow, I remember when I was eight and how hard this game was. And now here I am in my, in my mid thirties. And this game is still hard. (laughs) And there's something to be said about replay value where you can go and play these games and just, you got one shot. If you had one quarter, there was no purchase $5 for continues. Purchase, Purchase this cheat code, purchase this, purchase that. You had one shot to do your best. And if you had that one quarter, you tried to make you that you, that was your incentive to become as good as you could get. I spent, my time on President's Day at one of these uh, establishments that's not t- not too far from where I work. Hello, hyperspace. <laughs> uh, and I played Frogger for about a good solid hour, trying to get the trying to get the high score. And I like Frogger, but if you're standing at the Frogger machine for an hour and you're trying to get as far as you can on Frogger, you kind of have to learn when to walk away. <laughs> yeah, and that's something that for the current gaming uh, population, it's that, oh, you can't bypass this by a cheat code. There's something to be, and I'm, 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 yes, I'm painting with a huge brush right uh-huh. now, but there's, there's something to be said about being able to go and play a multiplayer game in, in those days was, for, for example, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade right, game. Right. So yeah. And that's when you could play live really live next to somebody and say we're gonna go we're gonna go play this game who are you gonna be i'm gonna be michelangelo oh i want to be Raphael. i want to be leonardo i wanted to be leonardo (laughs) (laughs) so that was what multiplayer games were so you can kind of recreate that a little bit and i had that i had that uh opportunity to do that you know over on president's day to say hey they got teenage mutant turtles and my my friend who went with me is like just gave me this nod with the shoulder like let's go all right let's go and it's something that it's 
you just kind of grew up with if you were part of that age. And it's, it's fun. It's fun to have that. And to extrapolate this in terms of nostalgia, we're seeing this with the, you know, never, what seems like the never ending chain of reboots with, uh, pick your poison. We're going to have a couple of movies now here that are going to be considered reboots. We have a new, uh, we have a new Power Rangers movie that's going to be coming out here this month. There's, a, and if you grew up with the Power Rangers franchise, I and I was I was a little older than most when the, when the first season of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers came out, but even that itself was a reboot of the uh, the Super Sentai series mm-hmm. in Japan that they did, and and the way that they tell the stories in Japan is vastly different from how it's told here in the States. Oh yeah. So for, so you're having essentially th- three different reboots of one series of super Sentai because that series was broadcast in the early nineties. And then a couple of years later, what started the power Rangers franchise came here. And now 20 some odd years later, they're essentially rebooting that one, that, that same storyline. <laughs> yeah. So if, if you grew up with, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and you're starting to see this now, you're either going to be curious to see what they do with it, or you're going to see what they've done and say, oh, hell no. <laughs> I want no part of this. And that, that's just kind of where things go with what you receive as a kid, because you identify with it and you hold it close. And then when someone comes up with a brand new spin on it, like Scarlett, you mentioned about Preacher. So it's different. It may not be what you expected, is it worth checking out? That's up for everybody to decide. If they decide to say, "Well, I'll pop, I'll you know, I'll pop down the money to go see it," I haven't made that decision on Power Rangers yet because I'm one of those people. I saw the promo uh, for the uh, the the new uh, costumes and how uh, the new command center was going to look, and I thought, uh, "I'm not sure about this." Or it's like with Ghostbusters, how everybody flipped out about Ghostbusters oh, last year. So there, there's kind of that you either love it or you hate it or you didn't grow up with it, so it's new to you. Or if you grew up with it, well, this is something that's new anyway, so it may not be your cup of tea. There's And on the flip side, there's the new Beauty and the Beast coming up, live action. Hmm. So there's a lot of anticipation about that, mm-hmm. about how Emma Watson is going to portray Belle and how they're going to tell this story. Now with it being where you don't have the freedom in animation. They have the uh, supposedly Walt Disney's first openly gay character. And that will be interesting mm-hmm. to see. Mm-hmm. To, to see Just, how that is handled. I am not an Emma Watson fan, but based on just all that hype, I may want to go see it. In total disclosure, Beauty and the Beast is in my top five of Disney movies. So Right, right. I would I'm, agree with that. I don't know how I feel about it being live action. Right. I'm, I'm curious to see how they're going to tell this mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I think the good thing is you can kind of compartmentalize the fact that it's live action versus the animation. You know it's going to be different. It's not, they're not trying to sell it as, it's going to be just like you remember or anything like that. Even the music is supposed to be a little different. So that you can kind of say, okay, it's going to be same story, but it's not going to be the same way. Even when they did like, um, when they, you know, you can see different versions of Snow White. And it's okay that it's told different. Mm-hmm. 
same story told different ways and it doesn't spoil that story for you. Right. So I think that you can compartmentalize some things. Sure. And there was a few years ago, they did a different retelling of the wizard of Oz Mm -hmm. and I forget who the lead was. I think, um, I, I'm I'm drawing a blank, but she's she's an R and B singer. Huh. Oh, they did. Uh, are you talking about the Wiz? Yeah, yeah. That they did that on Broadway, and then they did a movie version of it. And I know what you're talking about, and I cannot think of who it is. Ah, it's right there, like on the tip of my tongue, and I know who you're talking about, and I cannot think of it. But yeah, the Wiz, and the Wiz is completely different from the Wizard of Oz in its music. And I know exactly what you're talking about. But it doesn't take away from the basic story. Right. And actually, some of the music in The Wiz is actually really cool. And the Broadway story, the Broadway version, the original Broadway uh, version of The Wiz had Michael Jackson in it. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, the original. When he was like 12, 13, something like that. Yeah. Wow. I learned something new today. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I enjoy kind of to go back go back a little bit. Um, I I definitely enjoy enjoyed the you know the original Be- Beauty and the Beast. Um, that I w- I'm not what you would call a quote unquote fanboy. Um, so I I <clears throat> sorry, I I was on I was on the fence about it. You know I you know when when I heard about live action version, I'm like. Eh, I could take her or leave her or whatever. When you mentioned Emma Watson playing playing uh, Bell, I'm like, okay, I might actually go see that. So I actually had an, a, like a totally opposite reaction that you did. <laughs> if you're into like, if you liked her in like the um, Harry Potter movies, mm-hmm. you probably will be more receptive of her being in. Uh, I can see that, yeah. But I was not a Harry Potter fan, so I don't. I I think she was like overblown. So I'm not really an Emma Watson fan. However, I kind of kind of the guy who played um, Harry Potter. What is his name? Danny um, Radcliffe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually grew on me when I watched um, the Woman in Black. Mm. So it's kind of like, oh, he can act. He's not just like typecasted um although the woman in black that's kind of um an acquired taste because some people would say that that's a b movie because it is it's a supposed horror movie it's not really horror it's more suspense um i don't do horror movies um so i was a little apprehensive about if i even wanted to watch the movie but then i decided okay i already know this is going to be scary so i'm going to watch it (laughs) In the basement, okay, but I'm not going to watch it alone. I'm going to make sure somebody's with me. Barbie actually watched it with me. And the noises in that movie are more scary than anything that's going on on the screen, okay? <laughs> but they just have the – and it's just it's freaky. And just he does, he does suspense very well. And I guess that when you're in Harry Potter doing creepy little kid, you can do a creepy adult too, I guess. I I don't know. But um, he just kind of grew on me. So just because I I think that part of it is because Emma Watson has been um, typecasted when she was in Harry Potter. I I, I actually, well, yeah, I... um... 
My my enjoyment from from her actually came from her works after after well, Harry Potter. Well, she's breaking she's so. breaking out of that. She's yeah, kind exactly. of breaking out of that. But when I saw like when I've seen um, some of the previews to Beauty and the Beast, she looks like a twelve year old kid. That's kind of my um, perception of her. She does not look like a woman to me. Now that's my perception. Keep that in mind. That's yeah. my perception. So that's why I kind of, I'm hesitant, but I think I could take myself out of that and just enjoy the story right. and not, not get caught up in that. Cause I have a tendency to, I will nitpick on something and then my whole enjoyment just goes out. Yep. The believability. If I can't believe, you know, uh, casting is a big thing for me. If I don't believe the casting, then I don't believe the story. Um, that's just something that that's a hang up of mine. But I actually can. But I also can get caught up in the, if it, the writing is right, that I can forgive the casting. <laughs> does, that make, does that make any sense? Uh-huh, yeah. But so I'm a little apprehensive about the uh, Beauty and the Beast. But I would like to see it. I think I would. I, I think I do want to see it just to see what they've done with it. Um, and I guess that the guy who plays um, the prince when or the beast or whatever, he's on stilts while they're waltzing. And I think I, I would like to see how huh. he pulls that off. So that might be kind of interesting because he's already a pretty tall guy. And then they put him on stilts on top of that. He's like six something. And then mm-hmm. he's on stilts on top of it. Mm. So... That might be interesting just to watch that. Yeah, and, and to your point about casting it further into the well of reboots, uh, Scarlett Johansson is going to be in the new live-action Ghost in the Shell. So the the previews for that, I think, came out in either late last year or early this year. And it had been a long time for Ghost in the Shell Live to uh, finally make it mm-hmm. here in... Uh, in North America. So the Ghost in the Shell franchise has been huge in Japan. And the fact that they chose uh, Scarlett Johansson to uh, mm-hmm. to be in this movie, I thought one was a really smart move, especially after having seen the uh, the previews. And I think she could really, as, to your point, pull off this role. Mm-hmm. It's a, I think it's a smart casting decision. But of course... We'll have to see how the the storyline has been treated now that it's being billed for a North American audience versus a Japanese audience. Now, if this was coming out before Winter Soldier, I I I would I would I would question question it eight ways to Sunday. But after seeing um, but after after seeing um, the um, Scar- Scarlet in. Uh, in, in Winter Winter Soldier, where she was pre- pre- pretty much played a lead role, that I mean, it's like, oh, I I totally buy her as Ghost in the Shell. I can't hear. Okay, sorry, sorry about, about that, that. little uh, intermission <laughs> intermission there. I just unplugged myself. <laughs> it's okay. Um, no, but uh, I would kind of agree with that because um, she proved herself in Winter Soldier. Um, before that, the, when I saw Lucy, okay, 
Um, oh, yeah, yeah, good point, good point. It's not that she can't act. It's just that um, Lucy was not probably the best script. Um, the writing in Lucy was not... The right, we talked about scripting. Um, it just wasn't... So I would consider that to be a B script. Okay, okay, that's fair. I won't call it a D. I mean, I'm calling B as in boy. Uh-huh. Um, just not the best writing, but she still managed to pull that off um, where it was believable. So it's not that she can't act. It's just that Winter Soldier really showcased what she could do. Oh, yeah. So I could see her pulling off a more meteor role, I guess. Um, but I would agree with that. If I hadn't seen, if I had only seen her like in Lucy, mm-hmm. and then now they're going to cast her in Ghost in the Shell, I would have my doubts. But now I've seen her as the Black, Black Widow. Black Widow, yeah. I, I, there was talks of making a whole Black Widow movie. I think they they, they should. They put that. They put that. They put the kibosh on it, though. Um, I was telling. I was telling you guys before we were recording that I had read an article in uh, Cosmopolitan um, where she was on. It was a cover story uh, about her. And um, yes, I read Cosmo. Eh, shoot me. Um, anyway, um, th- they were. Uh, she was talking about how. Um, they had talked about making a whole movie, but they they don't feel like that um, they have enough supporting cast. They don't have enough of a storyline uh-huh. to really support that yet. But that at some point they want to make they want to make a whole Black Widow movie where that could be where she that that, that she's really the star. But right now they don't feel like they have enough of a backstory to really support that which I would disagree with, and I think some other people would too, because get a good writer, <laughs> and you can create your own storyline. Yeah. But uh, so I think at some point they will do that, but I don't think they're going to do it anytime soon, unfortunately. But it sounds like that uh, she's got some other projects in the works that are going to keep her kind of busy anyway. But... Um, I think she just had a baby. Um, or she was... I know she was pregnant. I'm not yeah. exactly sure if she's had the child or if she's still cooking. Yeah. <laughs> she's about to be a mother or she just became a mother. And yeah, I think she I wants know. to take a little time off. Um, but she also says that it won't be long. She wants to keep working. But uh, she does want to take a little time off. But anyway, um, I think that 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 she definitely um, deserves to have um, her talent definitely showcased. But um, you know, a lot of actresses don't get their accolades because they don't choose the roles wisely. You know, we were talking about Viola Davis and how I think she's amazing. You know, she's my age; she's over forty, and she just and she. She's a curvy lady, and I just think that she exudes the sexuality 
that just is amazing. And it, she just chooses her roles very wisely. And I've not seen Fences, but I've, um, I read the play. And so I want to see it. I want to see her play that role. And, um, I, I watch, um, how to get away with murder. And if you haven't watched it yet, you ought to, but she quit doing all these sultry sex scenes because uh, she threw out her back one too many times because they were throwing <laughs> her up against the wall. And she says, nope, not doing it anymore. You just threw my back out one too many times. Ouch. But uh, she's, she's an amazing actress and just, you know, I, I like, I like to see these strong women who just uh, are showcased for their talent. And Scarlett Johansson definitely is one of them. So, all right, enough on that. And yeah, speak, speaking <laughs> of uh, projects that uh, showcase strong women, <laughs> um, uh, Scar- Scarlett and I, along with uh, Peter, went to a uh, Star Wars uh, Star Wars costume exhibit at the uh, Den- Denver Art Museum, and uh, so I. <clears throat> I actually walk uh walk walk by it on my, on my way home from work. <laughs> and so I I'm about a half half a block f- or so from from it as, as I wait for the bus. And um so I I saw the, you know, the and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'm seeing that." <laughs> and it's, it's it's actually a uh uh tra- traveling um uh exhibit from uh the Smithsonian in- Institute. So, uh let me pull up. um they well they they're it was you know in uh Seattle for about oh wow almost a year uh from like January to October and it, it yeah in uh it started in 2015 and they're booked out until September uh, the end of September in 2008. Well, no, okay, never mind. I'm reading the website wrong. But um, they were in Seattle in uh, uh, Times Time Square um, from like November, mid-November of 2015 to September of 2016. Now they're here in Denver until uh, early April. Then they're going to Cincinnati and then St. Petersburg. So. Uh, it hasn't been around that that long, but uh, it, it's quite it's quite uh, very impressive exhibit. So, uh, what what were your hi- highlights of it? Well, I was hoping that they would have the metal bikini, but they actually didn't have the original metal bikini because Carrie Fisher actually owned that at the time of her death. So they had her stunt bikini, which was made out of uh, styrofoam. So that was interesting. And her one quote was, if you stood behind me, you could see Florida. So that was interesting um, that it was, uh, I found it interesting that it was all styrofoam. And so she wouldn't hurt herself when they were doing stunts. And what I wanted to know is why did you need to have a real metal one? If you had the styrofoam one anyway, and the styrofoam one was the one that was actually on display. So I found that interesting. And the other thing I found interesting was the the um, actual uh, uh, display that they had for actual wardrobe mm-hmm. where they had um, where they did the actual design of the costumes. Oh yeah, because they had they had the the what what is it the forms or whatever the little paper. Mm-hmm. Ones that you cut, patterns. cut out uh, patterns. Thank you. 
and and so they they had all of that you know set up too that was i found awesome. it interesting that they had to draw everything by hand all the patterns the patterns that they were going to put on the material they did by hand and then they like silk screened it so all the they created all the patterns for the material itself and then they used um for all the robes and stuff like the jedi robes they actually used silk as their uh, because it was more, more durable well i mean it was it was the way you know it was I, like raw silk yeah yeah, yeah they were i mean the it was um they they were looking for how like certain um like oh, fluidity, yeah, fluid, yeah, it needed to flow in a certain way, and so, um, even the, I mean, from you know, from a movie goer's perspective, it looks like wool to me. Right, I agree. Well, and they didn't want it to, you know, they didn't want to have to wash it every day. They wanted something that was going to stand up day after day. I mean, right. you're in Tunisia, and it has to stand up, t- and they had different. They had different. If you look at like um, Ewan McGregor and you look at his robes, mm-hmm. yeah, they're worn. Like the... different, yeah, like different, uh, different degrees. And yeah. actually, they had they had nice little uh, stories like uh, uh, Alec Guinness was in in, uh, in A New Hope. He ac- he actually like laid down in the Tunisian sand and rolled and rolled around a little bit. To help give his uh, his costume a more dingy look, a little bit more authenticity. Yeah. And one one thing I really enjoyed is that they had a lot of concept art, like a lot of, a lot of draw. I I actually uh, uh, put had some put up put up some posts on Instagram of like one one or two examples. One of them was for it, it was for like uh, uh, like. Uh, I can't think of the word, but um, like one one of the background char- characters in like a in, in like the cantina scene or or something similar, you know, kind of one of those things. And um, the cap caption underneath underneath it in quotes was "yak face," huh? Y a k f a c e, and I mean they grant grant. I mean they. They all kind of had like little, like little cap captions like that, like the. Okay, yeah, we had a little bit of a technical snafu, and I'd, <laughs> and Ryan almost had a panic attack. <laughs> so, but yes, we were, so we, um, I believe I was talking about the whole yak face, uh, story, story there. So, yeah, so that, so, so yeah, that was fun to, um, to, uh, go, go to that, uh, exhibit. Even, even, even though, you know, it, it didn't have enough Yoda for me, but whatever. <laughs> can't, you can't, you don't always get what you want, but, you know, you find you get what you need. Thank you, Rolling Stones. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think that is our our signal to go ahead and wrap wrap this up. You've been talking way too long. <laughs> so, I def. Uh, Do you guys have fun today? Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah. 
Awesome. Well, I hope you you had fun fun uh, as as much fun listening to this as as we as we did making it at points. <laughs> there there are bumps in the road, but you know. Anyway, I do appreciate you listening. Um, we are on iTunes, Google Play, and uh, TuneIn. All those links and any other ways to. Re- used to reach us can be found on our contact page at hovpodcast.net.